On this week's episode, uh, we watched the dystopian sci-fi cult classic film uh, from 1985, uh, Brazil, directed by Terry Gilliam, uh, starring Jonathan Price and Robert De Niro. Um, anyway, Jack, um, what did you think? Give us your give us your basic thoughts to start off. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, so I think yeah, I think the best place to start would be the like the top of it, which um, is the sort of comes with like I guess now if it was done now it might be a little cliche, but then like um, the sort of um, glass uh, display cabinet of TVs showing you advertisements as like a way of like. Uh, making you want to buy the TV, but also making you want to buy something as well. Like they're doing, they're selling you two things. Um, yeah, right. I love it. I think I think it's I think it's really good. I think, um, I think even more than that, and I think it's quite a funny part is um, the advertisement is like, oh, you have to buy new ducks. Always take care of the ducks in your home. We have all different designs and all different colors for your individual tastes. <laughs> <laughs> and like this this idea that like a duck, right? And ducks are pretty pretty big thing in this movie but like the duct itself is just kind of ridiculous sort of um all the ducting you know, everywhere that you put in the walls or the or the, or the, or the, yeah, the roof or whatever. i thought that was that was such a like i really enjoyed the use of that as kind of like a, a plot element like that kind of mm. i i called it like shitty steampunk like this plasticky <laughs> kind of like 80s yeah it was steampunk. it was gross yeah um yeah, and that, I think that's quite funny. I think that speaks to a sort of like, like stupid hyper individualism, <laughs> where it's like we just make tons of different shit. And you buy it because you want to be the person with the pink duck or like the shiny one. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah, because yeah. obviously the purchasing of like objects um, is always like in somewhat in the service of the other, right? Like you know, like um, as much as you might think your individual preference or choice or whatever says about you you're saying that something about you to the other you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um <clears throat> and this is like, sort of like capitalized on it in the most like humiliate humiliating way where you're just like yeah this is good you should get this like but yeah so it's, it's taken to the point where it's just ridiculous and then and then all of a sudden you have this massive explosion and we find out there's some sort of like terrorist cell <laughs> <laughs> um and and pu- pu- just past that as well uh, uh these are these are, i i thought like this is like the second or third time I watched this film, and I didn't really remember it that well. But like, um, yeah, neither. The there's two opening scenes, or like the back to front, are both really good. Like they're both very like they bring you in straight away. So the second is the talking to like the Minister of Information or somebody, some like ridiculous name, and when they're in the office area, when they when you first like, meet um, Mr. Kurtzman. No, no, no. Um, this is, I think it's the Tuttles or the Buttles or whatever watching oh, yeah. TV in their living room. Okay, yeah, yeah. And yeah. they're watching an interview with like a minister of some information or something like that. And he's talking about things in terms of sport references. There's always sports like, oh, you know, these terrorists, they're just bad sportsmen. Yeah, like, they can't, uh, yeah, they can't I, yeah, live I enjoyed with the that. Idea. Yeah. It's crazy, right? This, like, this constant like, oh, we're going to hit them for six and you know, was... they're going to be stumps off. Like... I found it kind of reminiscent of like sort of the stereotypical like right wing kind of thing you see these days like as in the like frame of argument like um everyone's responsible for their own problems and and um you mm. it's all your own fault if you're um poor or 
any other issues yeah, in your I, life and you have that you have that on the left as well the jordan you? peterson kind of thing i guess i think like just as much with like people like that you have it on the left as well with like um oh you know like uh you're a sexist to do it like um you know, like it's like it's as soon as like there's one thing that's wrong with you, it becomes you. Like you know, you're the wrong person or you're the bad thing or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I think that's like pretty big on both sides for like that sort of general, just like asshole internet person. But yeah. um, I think what's more important is the like inability to speak about things seriously because it's a game. You know, like oh, these are the rules of the game. Like, uh, like well. The game wasn't like gifted to people. Like people made the rules. You know what I mean? Right? So it makes it, it it institutes government in like a way that like makes it seem like uh, something someone else made it, or like God made it, or gave it to us, or something. And so we just have to participate in these rules. Yeah, I guess that is probably the core um, idea that um, I think Gilliam was trying to protest, like overly bureaucratic society, like kind of trying oh, to yeah, like, yeah, yeah. satirize. Yeah bureaucracy in general and like i liked it's jumping forward a bit but there's that later scene where the guy is like drowning in paper like all the paper attacks him yeah um, yeah that's crazy yeah and um and then yeah that that was that was really good i really liked that that was a big twist um yeah. i think i think to your point as well and we can jump around i don't think it really matters we don't have to move super chronologically mm-hmm. um but um the same goes on when sam is flying around in his dream looking for is it jill yeah, yeah Jill. Jill, right? Yeah, uh, looking for Jill, um, and he, it's sort of like an idyllic countryside that he's flying through. Yeah, and then all of these sort of these skyscrapers come out of the ground, and there's like there's massive blocks, you know, and they're grey, and they're really foreboding, and it sort of makes like a labyrinth, and they look like um, filing cabinets. Oh yeah, <laughs> like these yeah, massive yeah. filing cabinets. And that that sort of struck me as because uh, yeah, like I think. <laughs> I think you're right with this sort of like overemphasis on like bureaucracy and almost like the bureaucratic libido. Like yeah. they get their dicks hard um, <laughs> from, uh, you know, uh, oh, you didn't file BF slash two, you know, or like, um, <laughs> you know, where uh, yeah. responsible. There's another reference yeah. to that with like the, um, the Robert De Niro and then the other handyman. And um, they're yeah. like, oh, do you have a, B B fifty two slash or whatever, and like he really gets them with that, and then they come back later and yeah. they've got the correct form and they've like fucked it all. And they up. just fucked his life up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really like that. Hey, I really, I really like um, the the one of the guys, one of the handymen. When he heard the name of the form, he started like jumping around, like propping it, like he was having like a seizure almost. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. look what you did to this guy. You know, like so, they're like it's like it's like the. The bureaucratic libido, the like idea uh, that like everything is so heavily governed by forms, is like fucking people up really bad. <laughs> and he has like some like physical manifestation of the trauma of just like having to think about this form. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. Which yeah, which is fascinating. And I think uh, to, to that point as well, I love, you know, and when I say I love, I, I hate the person that is referencing, but I love the character of the manager that just couldn't do anything. Kurtzman or whatever his name was. Yeah, Kurtzman. yeah, Kurtzman. Yeah. yeah, he just couldn't do anything. And like when there was a problem, he'd be like, "Oh, can we give it to another um, agency or whatever?" You know, that that real bureaucra- bureaucracy of um, just sending it in a circle. Yeah, mm. I've just read here the, um, that form. It's a twenty-seven B slash six, and apparently it's an allusion to um, Orwell's flat at twenty-seven B Canonbury Square, uh, London. Okay. 
up six, up six half flights of stairs where he lived while riding parts of 1984. The weird thing is that um, um, Gilliam even said that he never read 1984, even though the film's yeah. like heavily influenced. Um, because he yeah, was I he was so. going to name it 1984 <clears throat> and a half, but then the 1984 film came out in 1984, um, and so he, he couldn't name it that anymore after that, basically. Yeah, that's interesting. I think um, I think there's a lot to be said about like the cultural osmosis of those kind of like books. Yeah, because right? uh, even if you don't read it, like <clears throat> um, you you know about it, you know. Um, what is it like? Double think and. You yeah. know, the names of the ministries are like peace and love, but they do like torture and murder, you know what I mean? Like, like psychological experiments and stuff on people. I think one of um, one of the strengths of Brazil is that it wasn't written as a novel first. It was written as a film by Gilliam. <laughs> like, yeah. because So he's written it with that and with his own like absurdist kind of production in mind. The same. So that's yeah, why I it's think, similar yeah. to 12 Monkeys with all the like, absurdist stuff and the like weird scenery and the kind of like the um the ugly like the bit later on when they're at um the casket spills with all the um I love bones that. and that, blood that, I think that's my of, favorite scene. those things remind me of like brain dead a, a little bit yeah 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 i um <clears throat> i think um i think you're right i think you're totally right like on like a couple of different fronts like the first one would be like if you're adapting something, people are going to be like looking for what you changed or what you didn't change, which is always annoying. Like, cause that's just like, that's just like nitpicky people. Um, and then uh, yeah. the second thing is like, are you beholden to that uh, textual reference? Can you move far away from it? Like that's a difference between based on and like a film of, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it will come up again later when we talk about, June because like that's a classic example yeah. of like the yeah. failure and, and like you know they're like do we make a 10 hour movie or like what do we omit and people complain about <laughs> what gets omitted whereas like Brazil it's it's so coherent because um well I guess firstly the use of um the score as well like the music in it is um is awesome yeah. and that's another thing we can talk about but it's, so it's got that going for it which forms sort of part of the screenplay itself and the plot. Um, yeah, yeah. Along think, with all the um, like, other stuff we mentioned with the scenery. Yeah, I think that like a, a good film, and like actually, this isn't always the case. Sometimes bad, like sci-fi, dystopias, or whatever. Even if they're a bad film, they do it. Like it's good to render these things as images, like because you kind of see the grotesqueness mm. of like the reality of it, or you kind of like. Yeah, sometimes when you're reading things and you're not really involved in it that much, you can kind of just like be like, okay, I'm reading the words. <laughs> yeah, uh, it takes a bit of a different, yeah. um, you know, it takes a real like, you have to move into a, the mode of like really noticing, the, you know, the cliches or like little tricks and stuff. Yeah. But um, there's two scenes that I think really connect um, that have to do with the funeral scene. So the first one is when Sam has sex with Jill when she's dressed up as his fantasy of her Mm-hmm. And, and he looks like her, uh, like, and she looks like his mother in that scene. Yeah, um, I love that. I love the dialogue as well, right? So it's like, oh, I figured it out. I killed you. Like, you're dead. So like, I'm not quite sure where I stand with this in like its reception or like in my reception of the scene. But when he's like, oh, I killed you, do you think he killed the fantasy 
and now he's like embracing the real of her like her being or he killed her identity in terms of like the person she was before she co cohered or coincided with the fantasy woman you know what i mean like i couldn't really well, do, do you mean that he's stuff. like saying he killed um his mother like as the in the of... rule that she had over him like no i think i think um in that like he killed like and he sees this image of her as she looked in his fantasy he killed the like sort of truck driver hard like working class woman as she was before you know what I mean? Like yeah. she's in the she's in the like the rich person's house, and she's got the lovely like beautiful flowing blonde hair instead of her sort of like buzz cut. She's got the like quite like pastel colored nightgown instead of like a mechanic suit. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, I love it as well because <laughs> he says I killed you, and she says, "Would you like to try it?" Like she's like, "Oh, I, I, I like, love that." Yeah. Would, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Care for a little necrophilia? <laughs> I thought that was great. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, good. And then, as they're just about to have sex, it's the camera. The shot is looking down through the like the twine or the twist or whatever of the um, the sheet that's like covering the top of the poster bed, and it closes and it's pink. <laughs> it's like it's like it looks like yeah. I think it's very like um, and it's on his mother's bed as well. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, there's a lot. There's a lot there. Like, you know, the real like primordial transgression shit. The, um, yeah. Yeah. I'm on that scene then, now. Like, to, yeah, okay, I see what you mean. Yeah. And then to like link it to the funeral where he's like, Mommy, mommy, mommy and she turns around and it's her, it's Jill. But it's his mum as well. And there's like heaps of men around her and they're like, Oh, is he bothering you? And she's like, Oh, don't you know this is a sacred place? And she's like, you know, just like presumably this is what I thought. She was just like, Oh, I'm keen to fuck, like there's hella dudes here, you know, and then he sees the coffin. The, like the body spills out and he's like oh like terrifying and then he falls into the coffin <laughs> yeah he falls crazy, through the like, coffin yeah yeah you know? yeah that, yeah i thought oh, i was just like fucking hell because like, yeah it was a lot man the whole movie for me was like it was a little bit of a roller coaster in that there were certain points where i was like i felt very lost and i was like how are we going to talk about this because it's it's deep like it's it's a pretty deep movie mm. in the end and there's so like you know, if you were doing this for English class or something, it could potentially be a bit of a nightmare, like trying to write an essay or like there would be a lot to talk about. But yeah, it's like there are parts where almost parts where I was like, am I missing a really important symbolic motif <clears throat> here? Um, it, I mean, yeah. it made sense all in the end. It was just that last half an hour was crazy Bizarre, yeah. it was a roller coaster it reminded me of um 2001 space odyssey um yeah how it's like that last half hour of kind of jumping between scenes and worlds and stuff yeah. and but it, it kind of ties it together in the same way yeah i think i think um i think uh at the end you know it kind of is like oh yeah he's like he was just like lost his mind through torture like <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. That was interesting because yeah, that like there's two ways of seeing it, I guess. Like in a way, he has um he's found peace by losing his mind, mm. but on the other side, like he's lost his mind, kind of thing. It's like well, you know he's escaped it, the reality, like the, uh... and like he looks kind of happy, but he's also kind of teary at the at the when he's in the like electric yeah. chair type of thing. I think I think um I think you know like politically, it's just like I I can't get over the madness of this world even if i try to change it you know like the thing i want didn't fix me you know trying to get a new job or promotion or whatever didn't fix me 
like I don't have anywhere to go. I'm just going to have to become a psychotic. Like, so he re- yeah, he retreats to his mind, basically. Yeah, yeah um, exactly. And so so the last we, sort yeah, of psychic we can defense. take that a lot of ways. Um, I, I was going to touch on because that um, that I don't know if you've read much on the score. Um, no, I haven't. But... So um, <clears throat> the composer, Brazilian composer Ari Barroso. He wrote right. that in 1939, and it's um it's like a really patriotic. It, it's like a, it basically means um watercolor of Brazil, um mm. aquarela do Brazil, um and it's like an ode to his motherland kind of thing, and it's like the lyrics are really patriotic, um right, and it's awesome how it's sort of it's got the samba part that you hear like when they're first in the office and it's um. Yeah, and it, the, I like and the that. Start it's, of the movie it's, it's like, and and then the main melody um, that is reprised like in numerous parts of the film, and that's what he's humming to himself at the end. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he's like, he's he's fallen in line. You know, he's become the perfect like subject, just yeah. this insane person who just accepts everything. Because like, I mean, it does <clears> play <throat> such a strong role. Like, you know, the the film is named after that song, basically. Um, mm. so the story and because it, it, that song ties to escapism, um, sort mm. of like escaping to like a memory or a nostalgic feelings of, you know, beautiful beaches yeah. and stuff of your past. Um, yeah, I think the I think that the majority of, um, conservative politics now that, you know, it's, it's, that goes for music for anything is that like, there's always, um, uh, like a imagined past never really happened. Yeah, but it did because they think that it's whatever we're doing now is the thing that we shouldn't have done. You know, like, oh, you know, there's the, yeah. So, um, which is fascinating, right? Like, uh, there's like this constant like imagination that like things were better at some point. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, I think also, and this is kind of funny. There's a there was an architectural project um, in Brazil to make a new um, uh, capital city. Uh, where it'd be like that'd be the political home, like the Canberra of Australia, okay, or the Washington, I guess, of America. But um, it's called Brasilia, and it looks crazy. It looks like you know, like a, a modernist, quite beautiful. But I think living in there would be quite scary. And it's just <laughs> like this ultimate bureaucratic zone. It's like made out of zones and stuff. Like it's very, it's very strange. It's, and that might have been like around the same time. Right, right. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, like. Mm. <laughs> It reminds me because there's a part of London, um, like a suburb called Bank, mm. and um, it it's really similar. It, it like it looks like they probably filmed um, sci-fi's there before, um, mm. because all the all the buildings are like this kind of like stony beige color, and they're all like really bulky and straight. Um, Very mm. brutal stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to. It kind of like. It's just a lot of it, yeah. I, I might be stretching that, but um, I I had no, a faint memory right. when you I was walking around there, you know, just because I was going <clears> through <throat> different suburbs, getting off the train and stuff, and um, it just has that perfect sort of like, it's got a kind of Star Warsy vibe, like tattooing kind mm. of vibe to it, but at the same time they're just these massive like stone buildings with really like flat blank, long walls. Yeah, foreboding and kind of um, encases you in that way. Yeah, well, I think I think I think you're right. I think um, I remember listening to you know Alan Moore. I think he's the comic who did like the Watchmen and stuff like that. Okay. Um, 
and he's British, and he did something else on British architecture or something. Yeah. Talking about how some of the buildings are like built in ways that like the shadow always covers covers the public areas, so it always feels like it's like a dark like sort of power. It always reminds you that like you know the business building is here. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, yeah. One thing I wanted to pivot to, which I thought was funny, and I thought it was, it's, it's quite cliche, um, but but it was pervasive throughout the movie. It was the posters. Yeah, no, they're, they're everywhere. Movies. They're great, man. I, I've made a new so desktop good. background out of. Um, there's one towards the, the end. happiness one. Yeah, happiness one. I loved it. Yeah, we're, we're yeah happiness. I, I we're think... all in this together. Brilliant. Yeah, I loved it. Hey, I think um, a couple that really struck me were so the first scene in Sam's room where he's like late to work. There's pictures of like old Hollywood women posters everywhere. Yeah, and some of the titles on them are uh, like. Movie world, screenplay, movie pictures, like instead of actual like uh, titles for films, <laughs> it's just like the bare essential. Like, I didn't even notice that. That's cool. Yeah, it's really funny. He had pictures of women all through his house as well, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, which, you know, speaks two things. You know, like the first thing is like a sort of like self enforced mandated sort of uh, circling around a desire, and the other one is like, um, sort of strange, like, isolation, where it's just like, yeah, if I keep these pictures around here, I'll fit it. Because everyone else also there from, like, a noir film. Like, everyone wears, like, trench coats and those four yeah. five hats. Yeah. I loved it, but um, there was a really, really good... There was an, two posters that I really liked where, like, there was one with, like, a finger whispering, oh, like, putting it against some lips, and it was like, loose talk is noose talk? And I was just like, <laughs> fucking hell, that's brutal, like... I think that's quite a scary, scary concept. So I hate just like, oh, if you, if you slip, you know, like loose lips sink ships or whatever. But yeah. Like, um, and yeah, because I one... guess the noose imagery was, yeah, it was really, it, that was one of the most intense sort of um, parts of the film where like the, the, the like when they, they're um, hanging by the nooses, yes. um, especially the silhouettes towards the end where he's um, yes. like on trial kind of thing um, in the plastic rooms and well. you see they're like rotating as if they're like bottles hanging in a factory. Um, yeah, I also you can see him in the background brought, um, and it looks like an it's abattoir? his shadow kind of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, I think it's it's terrifying, you know, like um, just this total like... You know, they're in these massive sort of like bodysuits, like even worse than a straight jacket, like a whole body straight jacket. Mm. And they're like hung up, like, you know, covering their mouths, everything. It's terrifying. And I, I loved uh, the thing about when he goes for his trial is they're like, oh, you know, we can give you an interest rate of this much, but you're going to have to buy insurance. Like, it was like, it was just the most like ridiculous. <laughs> um, like, it's like uh, individualism to its like most ludicrous extent. Right? It's like, uh, you know, it's your fault. And this happened in THX as well, where it was like, we have a, a fiscal point, and once you pass it, the crime is over. Like, if you didn't get it done in this amount of time, amount of money, then it's yeah. not worth it. You know, yeah. it's like, that's the thing that really guides is the real economic point, you know? Like, it's, not, it's not about, like, um, some form of, like, I Protecting don't know, people or, or, or ethics keeping, or something. Yeah, keeping society safe. It's about yeah, the money. Yeah, it's just pure, like, and this sort of flips it, and it's like, well, all the all the money is on you. Like, this is your fault that you did this crime. So you should also, have, yeah, so it's pretty crazy. <laughs> but um, another poster that I thought was really funny, well, it wasn't a poster, it was a banner that someone was carrying for Christmas time. And it said, Consumers for Christ. <laughs> I didn't say and that I one. I thought that was really, really good. Yeah, because I think there's like, you know, 
a bit out there already. I, I think it's, you know, a contested sort of <clears throat> school of thought or way of thinking or whatever, but like, you know, capitalism came up pretty, like, pretty coincidentally with the rise of Christianity. Right. So it's not the most shocking turn, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, um, I was going to yeah. add to the posters, what we already mentioned it with the one um, about uh, like reporting your neighbor. Um, yes. What did it say? Uh, don't um, suspect him. Don't suspect report him. Report him. I thought that was really good as well, yeah. <laughs> and, and it, yeah. Well, yeah, and yeah, as we, posters as well. So applicable to um, today's right times, yeah, with the whole yeah. um, COVID thing. Um, I mean, and it's funny how it, it's like, we, you know, we still enjoy dystopia and sci-fi books and movies and stuff because it's kind of, um, as Slavoj would say, the whole nostalgia for the present thing. But yeah, that's a, like, that's one of the most real examples where it, it has kind of come, it's the most applicable example I've seen in a kind of dystopian sci-fi. I mean, you have borderline things to do with speech and stuff like that with links to 1984 and, and like our mm. real world. But that one, um, as we kind of talked about, it's like, in all likelihood, if you were having, you know, two noisy mates over at your house now, right now in this time, your, your, any one of your three or four neighbors um, oh, is yeah, highly yeah, likely yeah, to could. report you to the police. Um, yeah, which is, yeah, I mean, and, and we've constructed that narrative of like, <laughs> we're all in this together. Um, report your neighbors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, I think yeah, that's really that's interesting because um, and this 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 sort of connectual scene that I thought was really strange. So Sam comes out of the building. Um, with Jill, and he's got papers falling out of a folder, and yeah. an old woman walks like past oh, her. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. I'm going to clean up your rubbish. And she called him like like a foreign idiot or something. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, you can't be from here, like because uh, like you know the rules, like the rules stipulated everyone who's here already yeah. knows the rules. So, She's like, completely be, disgusted yeah. by how much rubbish he's making. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and another thing I thought was really fascinating. I think that this is like a this is happens now is um the scene at the um the restaurant so um the the waiter is like um uh, what what would you like and they're like oh, i can't choose between one or two and he's like well one's really good and they're like okay and then like you know it's a really simple question would you like this or that like just make a decision based on one or the other and they couldn't there was inability to do that and then the second part of that i love that, that scene but the lunch scene that was my sam, favorite scene yeah yeah and when sam was like oh i'll have the steak he was like you have to say the number and he's like <laughs> oh, don't worry i have something more important to do and he was like you have to say like he was getting really angry that yeah. he didn't get the number yeah um because his situation is like i have to be I, i'm beholden to these other systems so it's like constantly like these sort of like macro into micro systems that like nobody like they're all bureaucrat bureau, i don't know uh the bureaucracy of the system is so like they're so so filial to this like this you know this ultimate sort of symbolic number um, uh, or system that like uh, must be perfect because if it's not perfect then the whole world will like break down. Yeah, that's a but, good point. Um, 
the food comes out with pictures of what the food was supposed to look uh, like. I know. Right? I was going to say, I wanted to definitely bring this up. Like, uh, so good. <laughs> it was great. So and good. then they all had, there was like a red, a green, a yellow, and um, maybe a yeah. blue slop each. Like, it was so funny. Yeah, 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 exactly. And like, so you look at the picture while you eat the garbage. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that's, that's now, you know, that's fast food, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, absolutely. I don't know what fast food was like in the 80s, but I'm led to believe it was slightly better. Like, you know, like the drive-in burger places were like, they were the equivalent of what like a gourmet burger place is now, supposedly. Yeah, like a grilled or something. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know. But even then, like, and I think, yeah, uh, perhaps in the 80s, you know, it was better. Maybe it was, like, it it was, was on the downhill, sure. Maybe it was great in like the 60s and then kind of downhill yeah, from then to maybe, now. Maybe there was just more attention to detail. Also, those jobs might have been actually like, you might have been able to live off of that work at some point. So it would have been worthwhile to do a good job. Yeah. Like, whereas now, like, you know, you almost like, they almost get you for working at a fast food store. Um, <laughs> Yeah, well, de- but, debt your health, yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, certainly. Um, but, uh, the yeah, I think I think that uh, that sort of um, the, the breakdown of the referentiality or the signifiers or whatever, or the, I guess the sign in terms of the food that you're getting versus the food that you do get, um, and in response to, like, a gourmet burger place that we have now, um, I can sort of have two points, and it's sort of like overarching or elaborations or whatever, extrapolations, but I think it's worthwhile to get into it. Um, so the first thing about like grilled and just burgers and like Huckster burgers, stuff like all, all those sorts of things, um, is that they're so dedicated to being like not fast food that yeah. they have like yeah. shitty spray painted murals inside their restaurants, you know, and it's like open brick and yes. stuff like that. And it's oh, the yeah. most like, the most disgusting like appropriation of like the most toothless street culture possible. It, I guess it, yeah, it's become a uniform kind of um, gentrification sort of thing where yeah, yeah all those yeah, places well, like, like people it's that like, go in there we're different and then they end up being the same. But like because yeah, have yeah, there's an edge somehow. I don't like, know. Like, they have the same maybe? matching. Might be the... Sorry, they might think that it's more useful. I don't know. Yeah, I guess somewhere they got like almost like. It's 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 like IKEA and furniture sort of, but not so, furniture from yeah. IKEA. It's just that they have a uniform where they kind of well, like you see, you know, like chain cafes that mm. pretend to be independent cafes um, by having the same decor as like an independent cafe would, with um, like a wooden floor and um, the standard metal, um, like the metal stools and they have the same glassware and the blue um plates and the you know what i mean yeah yeah no certainly it's the same I, thing. I, I totally agree i totally agree that it's like a uniform non-uniform or like a non-uniform uniform yeah yeah i totally agree i guess the second point about with the burgers i know we're going like a little far afield here but like has there ever been such a more pervasive and terrible like fast food culture like it's now it's just like burgers everyone makes all these different burgers oh this is chickpea and pumpkin this has got like panini bread yeah that's sick but like why the fuck is there like a million different companies doing that like who cares like it's like it's like a parasite uh, and there's everywhere like and you know it's that it's that fear of ever having to touch like some some other like culture's cuisine or something so it's just like the burger like the burger i can get a burger anywhere like uh it is very popular for sure 
I'm not anti burger. <laughs> yeah, when you get against well, burgers, bro. The, the worst part is that I love a burger. Um, but I just think this idea of like a luxury fast food experience is such a bullshit uh, concept. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, know, it's like, the, the, you know, it's like, oh, you know, like, why eat Macca's then I could go to grill? It's both shit. Like, one just has mushrooms. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my that's, that's that's my concern that's my beef with burgers but i i guess like you could just extend that beef and it just becomes a beef with capitalism really because it's like certainly there's certainly. no one yeah, person yeah. who's like got a vendetta against um fast food normalcy that it's just this is what makes money so this is what yes. gets done yeah yeah certainly um i totally agree you know um and i think another really funny point about the restaurant scene is um so one of the people at the table is like ah oh, ter- like there's a terrorist attack right there's an explosion while they're having dinner or lunch or yeah, whatever yeah um and you know people are writhing in pain or dying and there's like open fire i think it, stuff, it was the pivotal there. scene it was the like i think it, it sums up the movie that that scene if you were only gonna yeah, watch one section so good yeah um and uh one of the the older women is like Sam, can't you do something about the terrorists or something? And he's like, oh, it's my lunch hour. And besides, it's not my department. Yeah, yeah. But I loved, I thought that was that was the best thing ever. Like, that's that pure sort of like, oh, yeah, you went to the, like, you went to the wrong place. I deal with the staff. And it's like, oh, you had to go to the Bureau of Information. So I went to the Bureau of Information. So I did you get the stamp? And so they didn't tell me to get the stamp. So you better get the stamp, come back. Yeah. It's a, it's a real... Um... That's that kind of bureaucratic nightmare that um, everyone has experienced at some point in their life. And so yeah. they can relate to that pretty well in the film. Yeah, yeah, Even yeah. right now, like people trying to get Centrelink um, payments set yeah. up and stuff like that. And it's kind of, it's simple but confusing at the same time. Um, well, and because, they'll disable yeah. certain parts of the website and, oh, we're doing maintenance on this right now. Come back later. But on the yeah. news, it's like stimulus for everyone. It's easy. Get some free money. And um, it's yeah. it's not quite as simple as it's made out. No, not at all. Yeah, exactly. Um, and um, it's, it's like, I guess you could look at it the other way, which is just like bureaucrats. I died in the wool bureaucrats. Like real lovers of that situation. They get off on that. They like being like, <laughs> uh, you know, I'd love to help you, but, you know, it's always that I'd love to do this, but, but you know, yeah, that's not my, uh, it's not, this is not my field. But in the world of rules and regulations. Or... Yeah. 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 Um, there's like Kafka book, the castle. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, yeah, that, that's the sort of, same sort of thing. Like, like, oh, you call the, like you call the people in the castle, um, and someone has an answer, but you never get to the person who has the answer. And like, someone's always, I think, yeah. Because, like, uh, Mark Fisher gets into it a little bit, or actually a lot bit, <laughs> um, in uh, Capitalist Realism when he talks about um, the bureaucrats, like, total love of the big other and this idea of, like, um, their desire is structured through desiring for the big other. And because the big other, like, doesn't know, um, like, there is no rules, you know, it's just like a, an imag- it's like a group of imagination um, they're always kind of just like guessing at what the real rules are, you know? Yep. So like, that's why they're always like, oh, I can put you onto this other person. And another person will be like, can't really help you if I can put you onto this person, you know? They're unwilling to move through, like move outside of their parameters. And it's not just their fault as well, you know? The, the, the manager of them has put this on them, you know? Like, and the manager of them has put, like, so yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think uh, it's we we'll definitely come back to this topic a lot of times as well because when we do cube, um, it's the same hmm. sort of thing. Uh, we can, yeah, I'm pretty keen to yeah get a massive handle like, on on that kind of that whole topic. I mean, it, it's simple yeah. on the surface, I guess, because like a lot of these dystopian movies use that element of like yeah just complex bureaucracy and and rooms within rooms and and you know um it's impossible to kind of get anywhere without getting the right papers and ticking the right boxes and stuff um and i and like even if you have the right paper you did the you signed the thing wrong or you didn't get the right stamp or whatever you know what i mean yeah, uh, yeah and then i guess also the whole plot of the movie's based on the fly that gets in the copy machine and changes yeah. Um, Tuttle to bottle, the and then it's that one letter mistake, and <laughs> I love the I love the idea that like, so like the machine can't be wrong because if the machine's wrong, then all of this is wrong. So yeah. like, even if the machine makes a mistake, it's still true. It's still right. You know, like it made the correct mistake almost. Like, yeah. there's no admission of mistake. It's like um, with the Cultural Revolution in like Mao's China, it's like no one's gonna um, say to the like they're higher up, this is wrong or this is bad. Like so, you sort of have this um, state of like responsibilitylessness. Yeah, like, yeah. Like there's no um, like you're trying to always keep up a facade, and so there can't be anything wrong with it. Because then, then like, um, it's like um, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. We can move on. Lowry ha- no, no, I was just going to say on that, it's like when Lowry has to give the check to um, Mrs. Buttle and um, yeah, she's yeah, just non-responsive. Crazy, yeah. And he, you know, at the like as a viewer, we know that he is um, not the kind of uh, bureaucratic type, but um, he has to kind of put on his best sort of poker face yeah. for that scene and he's trying to resist you know being emotional yeah. and just trying to get her to <laughs> take the check basically so everything will be tied off nicely and it won't appear as anyone made a mistake yeah exactly and i think i think the funny thing about what you just said as well and it's interesting is like he's not like the other bureaucrats but he is the best bureaucrat because everyone's always asking oh can you do this can you do that like he has all the like real good skills yeah and like only by being like an actual skilled bureaucrat do you realize how much you fucking hate it you know the rest <laughs> of them are just like sort of like ah oh, yeah this uh, this form this form you know like there's almost like a like uh an acceptable amount of idiocy in bureaucracy yeah like that's what keeps it turning like, i guess it's, it's, it's like, like a um it's a uh, like a purposeful ignorance mm. so you know, each person who is playing the game is ignoring the, like, from um, diverting to just speaking normally, like, not like a politician, so that they're, they're, when they're playing the bureaucracy game. And so they'll be tempted yeah. by certain situations, like, oh, we could resolve this easily if, like, everyone wasn't so bureaucratic. But... Yeah, Instead, exactly. we'll, we'll take the the complex path because that way uh, no one gets sued or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think that's exactly that's exactly right. And I think um, I think a good scene that sort of like is emblematic of that entire thing is um, Sam gets in trouble for going on the wrong lift, and the police officer's like, "What's your ID?" And he's like, "I left it in my other pants." That I have this badge here that says I'm this person. He's like, "Well, you know, if you don't have your ID, then I don't know who you are." And it's just like. 
absolutely no trust. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. And there's heaps of instances where, like, I'm going to have to report you because yeah. that's what the rules say. Uh. <laughs> and then as soon as he gets away, it's not like, hey, stop. Everyone gets, like, massive machine guns. <laughs> yeah. And there's tons of people. This is, like, blasting. Yeah, absolutely. Like, the... So not only is there like a total fidelity to like a bureaucratic um, ID assigning machine, that that is the reason, like that's the thing that you can tell the truth from, not somebody else. There's mm-hmm. like a total hedge to just straight up killing someone. <laughs> like killing people is fine in this movie, apparently. Like yeah. as, you know, like, as long as they're like transgressing some you know ridiculous rule, they can be killed. And it was like oh, accident. It's like <laughs> American police, you know, like they're like. You know, they buck off shots at anybody um, for nothing, you know? Because <laughs> they're, they're scared, right? They're afraid. And, you know, the people that they're, like, scared of are also scared of them. And, like, everyone's just like, oh, like, you yeah. know? Mm. And, you know, like, they're, yeah, obviously, uh, they're, like, concerning issues within the police force in general, not just in America. But, um, yeah, it's the same sort of situation where it's like, oh, you didn't follow the rules straight away. Okay, we're going to go to the, like, most intense level of violence possible. Yeah. Um, one to zero, one, uh, zero to hundred. Yeah. What well, I guess one last thing I wanted to look at was um I don't know if you, were you able to make sense of the lady um who's like typewriting the dialogue of yeah. the movie um at he it's a couple of times it shows up and it shows what she's typing and it's it's like what was being said. It's like uh she's like a transcriber right or like a stenographer. She's a stenographer, so she was like typing down whatever it was like being what was happening inside the office, which is like the tortured area. But was there anything and deeper to that? Was it is was it kind of suggest that like everything well, so, yeah, that happens was recorded because it's got all the screams and stuff like really it's very yeah. it's perfectly literal of like his um screams and stuff. Yeah, so I think I think that's, yeah I think that's a really good scene and it's good that you brought that up and I also think it's interesting that um. There's a couple of different points that I sort of thought about a little bit when I was watching that. So the first thing is that the machine on her hand is typing for her, not her hand. I don't know oh, if you noticed that, but no, it's like I didn't a, there's that. like a like sort of a wiring over her hand that's like working her hand. That's why she's like just like reading yeah. her book at the same time. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is that like you know it is recorded, um, and it, it's, you, there's almost like that sort of um, you know Naziist. Nazi-esque sort of attitude where it's just like I'm not doing anything wrong. It's the com- like the computer, like oh you're just on the list. Yeah. Right? You know, like once yeah. you once you like literalize it and put it on paper and make it a record, it's not a person that you're hurting anymore. Yeah. You know, like you're totally devoid. That is such a distancing effect from doing that. Yeah. I also think it's very interesting as well um, that uh, the first time they go into that office, which is Sam's friend. I can't remember what his name was. Jack. His name was Jack. Mm, yeah. um, <laughs> Of course, I wouldn't remember my name. But um, he's like holding his face. Like, it's also like he's like losing his mind. He's like blood all over his shirt and stuff. Yeah. And he's got these like machines on his hands. And like yeah. you find out later that he's like, he is torturing people. And that's sort of how they get their, the, the Bureau of Information Retrieval yeah. is just like, you know, some fucking like Guantanamo Bay shit. Yeah. Um, and he's like, yeah, he looks like he's like staring into the mirror with his hands like on the side of his face. Just like he looks like he's like, tearing apart on the inside yeah and then as soon as sam comes in he's like oh hey how are you yeah. <laughs> and here's my daughter as well and his daughter is obscene as well this tiny child with like pigtails is talking about like, 
his dad leaves. He's like, I need to change the suit. And his daughter's sitting in the chair and he's like, oh, I want to see your willy or something. Or get those yeah, clothes yeah, off. I want to see yeah, your willy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what she says. Child. Like, <laughs> and even though, you know, like children repeat some ridiculous stuff. Like, it, I think it was, yeah, I think that, I, yeah, I don't know. I think there's all, yeah, this film is crazy. I think there's something else that I wanted to touch on as well, which was cosmetic surgery. Of course. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or maybe, you know, like, I think cosmetic surgery is obviously like the, uh, the physical manifestation of it, but like, so it's like the woman's forced to need to be beautiful and young, you know? So like, I think number one, you know, you have like that real pressure on people to stay beautiful, especially women. Um, that's still present now. And number two, um, you don't want to die. So like the question of immortality, mm. right? Uh, those two concerns. Right? As it's funny to think that someone doesn't want to die in a world that they live in because that's a fucking garbage world. <laughs> that being said, like her, his mum and stuff, they were like high society people. Yeah, so, they you know, like maybe their they world. Were a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. They were, they lived in crazy like all like Renaissance like Buckingham Palace sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but the cosmetic surgery was disgusting, you know. But like, <laughs> it was great how like, over the top it was. And they and yeah, it comes and the, back a bunch of times. Yeah, and the old, the other woman, the the mum's friend, who just like up. constantly yeah. had more and more bandages on her face. <laughs> uh, and they had they had like weeping. Ah, oh, it was disgusting. That's <laughs> great. Okay, so for me, I mean, yeah, favorite parts. I love the um the the lunch scene, and I love the score. Um, it got really stuck in my head for like last two days. Um, mm, mm. it's awesome how they kind of used the actual meaning from the original writing of that song, um, the escapist vibe of those sort of um, traditional Brazilian, like, samba tunes. And um, mm. I like how that the actual meaning of the real-world song played a role in uh, the meaning of the film itself. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I think we'll probably be re- referencing back to this. I think it was a good... It was a hard start. Um, yeah, but it'll be good it'll to jump back. To, like there'll be things we can touch on in the later films. Um, so for next week, uh, what what do you think, June? You gonna do June or? Uh, we could. Uh, yeah. Matt's not gonna be joining us, is he? We can decide um, how we okay. want. Um, um, I'm happy to do June, but I'm also happy to sort of um, maybe move into I don't know. Uh, or something. I, I definitely want to do like soil and green. Like, like I think soil and green is always going to be like a massive one, just because it's had a okay. big, big like impact just okay. in general. I think it's a good film. So soil and green. I'm happy to do that. Soil and green. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Sweet. Yeah. I think that 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 would be the case. Alright. Cool. <laughs> Over and out. All right, man. Thanks. I'll, I'll catch you soon. Easy peasy, man. Peace. 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 Peace.